I think you need to know Martha McSally. Martha McSally. Uh, apparently, she was at uh, Saddlebrook yesterday. We just heard from a, a listener. When she was at the Saddlebrook Republican Club, the first question that was asked to her was from this listener, and he said, why don't you go? Why don't you reschedule to go back on Garrett Lewis's show? <laughs> and she said, God bless Garrett. And then she said, I'm too busy getting out my message. Don't you love that? Why should I go on a radio show? I'm too busy getting out my message. Why speak to tens of thousands of people when I could talk to you dozens? Right? Getting out my message. Tens of thousands? Yeah, that too. Come on. Don't, 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 yeah. down, don't downplay yourself. Hundreds ten, of thousands. Ten, tens of hundreds. Tens of <laughs> So there you go. Uh, thank, I can't. That's just awesome. That's, what was the second question he just – somebody asked the next question too. About the debate? Oh yeah, when you get to debate people, and she said, "When they're out, when the, when the ballot is official, when the ballot is official, maybe we should call Kelly Ward and ask if the ballot's official." That's a good idea. I'll text her guy. Yeah. There we go. Three things I think you need to know. What a morning! Uh, we have so much to get to still. Um, am I pronouncing his last name correctly? Uh, Mike Ligon. Legan. Legan. He'll let us know. Wrote a book 10 years on the line. And I generally never, ever, ever do book authors, but this is pretty, this is pretty freaking cool right here, right? This is pretty cool. Um, he's called into the show. He's written a book. He's a retired immigration inspector, former special forces guy. Uh, and um, he has some, some great detail and experience, can talk about the things that happen on the border since this is such a big deal now. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining us again from down there in Sierra Vista. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Excellent. Right, All right. Another, another beautiful day in Arizona. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So let me ask you, uh, again, National, Gore, National Guard, um, you're a guy, again, who spent a lot of time as an immigration inspector, everything like that. Uh, I just said what the National Guard is going to do, which, I mean, it, it looks like what they're going to do is, uh, again, just do things to let Border Patrol do their main job. Is that yeah. a good idea? Or is this yeah, just... I, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've uh, seen this script before, and it's the, the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Putting the National Guard on the border puts a lot of money in a, a, a large voting block of Arizona's pockets, which makes Governor Ducey happy. Uh, but it's like it's putting lipstick on a big, ugly pig. Mm. And uh, it's a totally feckless, just like the feckless decision to do so. To me, it's like... Trump is is punching with styrofoam punching ba- uh, boxing gloves on this immigration because he's not doing anything that's really going to have an effect. Uh, See, but then again, Brandon Judd on the show yesterday, who was the head, he's the head of the National Border Patrol Council, he said we love it because it lets us go do our job. There's contractors that are doing those. They, they already hired truck mechanics or vehicle mechanics. There's already engineers working on the roads right on the border fence uh, quote fence wall uh, roads. There's already people doing that. They've had them doing doing that for decades. There's nothing going to be different other than uh, having people get in the way that aren't trained. Okay. I, I've seen it twice when I was working on the, on the, in the, at the Douglas Port of Entry. They get in the way. They they don't have any law enforcement training or authority, and they walk around uh, waiting for the next uh, ch- uh, next break, next lunch uh, to be brought in, and uh, enjoying the per diem, which is significant. Okay, that's a very interesting perspective. Uh, now, your experiences of, uh, of of being there on on the border and uh, immigration, dealing with people as they come across stuff like that. Um, I mean, you told me and Ryan in the past. There's there's just uh, insane things that they they. Uh, I, I guess the corruption, the corruption is pretty pretty insane. Um, 
members of Congress know exactly what happens. I'm assuming that's what you think, and they never do anything about it. Oh, uh, I know exactly. Uh, so, okay, so give me some examples. Talk about some things that you've seen that are just outrageous. Okay, uh, one evening, and this will affect Arizona, Arizona taxpayers, um, uh, a woman, uh, very humbly dressed, late one evening came in asking for a permit to go to Phoenix because her daughter was there in the hospital and was scheduled for brain surgery the next morning for her um, epilepsy. You know, heart-rending story. Very humble lady, very very polite, uh, but she didn't have any proof of residence or economic so- uh, of employment in Mexico, which is an indicator of living here illegally. Mm-hmm. It's the most blatant indicators, and it's mm-hmm. one where requ- we the only way we have of vetting people coming in that they have a reason to go back. So, I brought her into the interview room and asked uh, a Hispanic uh, inspector to come in, female, to come in with me just to make sure I, I didn't miss any gaps in her uh, in her statement. And um, she said that, you know, her husband was up there with her daughter, uh, that she was going to rejoin. She had gone back to her home, her village in Mexico, to raise money for the medical bills. Mm-hmm. said, well, how much money did you raise? And she said about $300. Well, brain surgery is obviously not $300. So I was in a quandary. I wanted to help this lady, but she didn't have what she needed to, to enter the United States. Uh, to get a permit. Now, these permits are for automatically six months, regardless of, of their reason for entering, which is another thing that needs to change. But as I'm uh, looking at my partner, uh, I said, I'm inclined to, to help her somehow. But uh, And then my partner, kind of by body language, I could tell she didn't agree with it. And uh, with women on women, you know, they have their radar that men don't pick up. Exactly. On, so. Women are the and, meanest people toward women, of, of, you know, anyway. It, so it's just yeah. It is. I was going to go get, ask a soup, tell the supervisor about her, this medical issue, a humanitarian thing. And this little voice in my head said, look in her purse. Now, we can look in anything anywhere uh, because it's the, the border and uh, without a warrant and probable cause. Uh, reasonable suspicion is what we is the only thing we require. Okay. So I looked in her purse, and the first thing I pulled out was a letter from the Arizona Cost uh, Containment Health Service, Access, they call it. Guess what the letter said? What? Congratulations. You, uh, you and your daughter have been awarded $140,000 in access uh, uh, care for you for your diabetes and your daughter's epilepsy. So she'd been living in the United States illegally, and she was using uh, access funds for medical care, uh, which was a big deal. Okay, so knowing that the resistance I was going to get from management, I told her to go back to Agua Prieta, and I held on to her documents. And I did some research at home overnight, and I came in. The first thing that the Mexican Moses, that was the supervisor who became the port director because she did everything uh, but open the gates, and uh, she yelled at me and said, "Don't you know we don't enforce that law anymore?" The law she's referring to is uh, 9C, which is public charge, which is grounds for deportation. Uh, because they, they they don't they have no actual right or anything. They they can't actually get those kinds of benefits because they're not they're not here legally. That's correct. That's a no brainer, right? To most people. Well, the Mexican Moses yelled at me in front of everybody, customers and fellow inspectors, that we don't enforce that law anymore. And I took out the little uh, notice from headquarters INS saying, listing the 
as a reminder to the inspectors on the line the laws that we do enforce. And guess what? 9C public charge was on there, and that was only two years old. And so she had she had the deer in the headlights look. That actually went up to the district director in uh, Tucson, who texted back saying, "Well, you know, he's right, but." Uh, there's laws and then there's laws. And, you know, they sent somebody down from Tucson to retrain me. Are you now, serious? And what year was this? Oh, uh, let's see. It was sometime at, uh, around 2002 or 2000. So you got, Bush, you got Bush in charge, yet they're trying to train, retrain you to make yeah. sure that you just don't follow laws and the taxpayers get to, get to pay the medical bills of any illegal that comes here. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, in the... Early to mid-90s, California did something strange. They actually had their Medi-Cal people go down on the border at San Ysidro with, with Tijuana, and they linked up their computers, and they did checks of uh, border crossers with the Medi-Cal to see where the fraud was. And uh, it was amazing. Within 90 days, they were, set, they had, were saving tens of millions of dollars in uh, welfare fraud. It, caught, it was so effective that uh, all the border states decided to have, hold a conference in Phoenix and uh, coordinate this effort to save state pa- taxpayers, you know, uh, quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, the conference was canceled, and it has never been heard of since. So if, if Governor Ducey wanted to real, uh, help along the border, he could have the access people go down to the ports of entry and just run border crossers' cards through their their names through the computer and see who's getting access illegally. I can tell you, it'd be shocking. Wow! And this is just one of the things oh, and, that and you've another seen. Thing, another yeah. thing, the Mexican Moses told me. Yeah. When uh, when I tried, she said, "What would happen to all the access workers if we deported every illegal that's getting access?" Oh my God! Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I wrote it down the evening that she told me that. I kept a, a journal. Now, is there anybody, the, I, I got you, is there anybody that you could have told her supervisor, anybody? No. That could have gotten her in some kind of trouble. I mean, she doesn't deserve, she didn't deserve to have her job. Well, I've She's heard like that a traitor. quite frequently, and uh, she wound up being the port director because she knew where all the skeletons were, and she told the party lines. Uh, so uh, the, the, the law enforcement-minded inspectors on the southern land border are browbeaten into uh, doing their jobs as, quote, a service versus law enforcement. And that, what that's what that, uh, uh, covering is uh, the Mexicans' right, or any alien's right, to entry, it, 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 but particularly because it's 80% Hispanic, the, the, it, they consider it a right for Mexicans to enter the United States. And it's not. It's a privilege. I mean, and you guys are the ones that are supposed to enforce the actual laws. Holy exactly. smokes. Yeah. Holy this, smokes. This, this dichotomy just tore me up for 11 years and nine months. I got to tell you. And people are shocked to hear stuff. Uh, when my first book first went out, um, people were texting me and says, these people should be in prison. Yeah, they, they should. Yeah. yeah, they should. But instead they get promoted and... Uh, Put in charge. Have you ever and talked I, to any lawman? By the way, this is—is uh, is it Mike Legan? How do you pronounce your last name? Legan. 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 And his book is Abraham Legan. There you go. His book is Ten Years on the Line: My War on the Border, and you can find it anywhere. Uh, just Google it, and you're good. 
Now, again, did you ever talk to any lawmakers? Any ever, ever get any anybody well, on your side that could do anything? You know, there there's always the political posturing of people coming down on the border and, and being seen, getting on the news, getting bit, you know uh, the pictures and the and the film on the news, and and that looks good. But it's more lipstick on a pig, and uh, they don't do anything. It, it, it's it's just rhetoric it's not actual and you uh, sit back and say this can't this can't be this can't be that difficult to solve right it's not it's not for instance i'll give you an example hang on you know what give me an example in one second i'll take a quick time out we'll come back with you okay right. it's this is called an invitation for people to stay we were told by people don't call it a tease teasing is mean so stay with us and you'll find out how mike thinks we can solve this problem we'll continue in five knst aim 792 sounds most stimulating talk all right, your financial broker, investor, how well do you know them? Do you know them well at all? How much do you pay? Do you have any idea? I mean, this is your money that you're talking about, right? I mean, this this is kind of a big deal, right? I mean, this this is a huge deal, a huge, huge, huge deal. See, Trajan Wealth is different. How is Trajan Wealth led by Jeff Jr.? Jeff Jr. is a great guy. I've met Jeff Jr. Uh, he's, a, he's a good dude, looks out for people, loves looking out for people, making sure that you can retire um, uh, stress-free, everything you want. See what sets, what sets Trajan wealth apart from others. And they write here in Tucson is they're not brokers. And that means they don't sell loaded investments. They don't earn upfront commission to simply sell you a product. Trajan wealth, they're a fiduciary, right? Fiduciaries. They don't make commissions. Trajan wealth is fee only. They get paid a low flat fee to manage your portfolio. And that's really good. That's really good. Why? How? What? What's going on? Well, the reason why it's really good, they're incentivized. They put your best interests first, and the more you make, the more they make. That's how it works. It's mutually beneficial. So ask yourself this. What are you paying your financial investor broker? Are they selling you things just to make commission, or is it in your best interests? It's your money. It is worth a second opinion. And if you don't have an investor, man, you know what? Call Trajan Wealth. See what they can do for you. 321-4100. 321-4100. It makes a difference being a fiduciary. You can find out more. They're here in Tucson. Go to Trajan, T-R-A-J-N, TrajanWealth.com. Securities offered through Trajan Wealth and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Let's go back to Mike Legan, who is the author of the book, 10 Years on the Line, My War on the Border. He's down in Sierra Vista. He listens. This is awesome. So, okay, Mike, uh, you've seen this stuff. You've given us some horror stories. Uh, yeah. What does it take to fix this problem on the border? Will? It needs it needs political will at the top. That's simple. It's not an immigration crisis because the immigration laws are bad. It's a crisis because nobody in Congress or several administrations want to enforce the laws that we do have. We have the most fair laws, immigration laws in the world. No other country allows uh, uh, immigrants to come into this country like the United States. Uh, but it can't go on. I've got a great analogy. There's a a line by Renee Zellweger in Cold Mountain where she says they're 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 urinating on themselves and then complaining because it's raining. That's Congress. Mm-hmm. You know, they make the the problem themselves by announcing amnesty, and then they allow who knows how many a million and a half uh, quote dreamers uh, in, and then they say we've got a crisis because what are we going to do with these quote children? most of whom are not children. Uh, so there's no political will in Congress, in Washington, D.C. Uh, no. that's, the, that's the germ of the problem right there. 
there's a lot of good uh, uh, inspectors on the line that want to do their job. There's, you know, there's a lot of good border patrol agents. Uh, there's some. It's also got the most problems with uh, integrity, uh, according to the inspector general's office. Uh, as far as uh, people being bought off, it, it's an easy thing to do. They don't even have to turn their heads. I was having a conversation with some guy, the old guy coffee club at McDonald's a couple of days ago, and they said, "Yeah, all they'd have to do is have some money put in their bank account and turn their head." I said, "They don't even have to turn their head." They just wave their hand. Hasile is the code word. And that's basically the... And wait, wait, wait a second. And so they pay off inspectors or pe- oh, border patrol yeah. agents? Yeah. People just, so oh, they, yeah. they come, they, they walk through the border, they just slip them cash, and they just move right on, right in front of you. It's, it's been witnessed. Yeah, yeah. There, if you Google Douglas, Arizona, you'll, uh, you'll, uh, you'll find an article of several articles on uh, it being the most corrupt port of entry in the United States. That's not my opinion. When I signed on... In July of uh, 2006, uh, excuse me, uh, 1996, uh, that's that's the first thing an ethics ethics representative from Washington D.C. told an assembled staff in their conference room, and I thought, "Wow, you're joking!" And I and I tried to make it a little little lighter. I said, "You mean because it's the largest federal agency in the government?" He says, "No, any way you measure it." Immigration is the most corrupt federal agency in the in the government. Uh, there's you know there's a lot of money involved in illegal immigration. Oh yeah, and, and drugs. And uh, when there's that much money, you know you have cheap that- labor, you have bribes, you have all kinds of stuff going on, smuggling, human smuggling. It's it's sad. Uh, yeah. Listen, Mike, we got to run, but you have stories like this. They're all in your book, right? Right. I want yeah, lots of them. Okay. That's all it is is stories. Oh man! All right. It's called an it's called an epistolary. I just learned that word. It's a style of writing using documents and letters. So uh, it's it's very specific. I name names. I I'm very specific with dates and times, and it will shock the American public. I'm just amazed that uh, the public hasn't risen in rebellion against our swamp. It's because they don't know it. They don't know you it. You can't you can't change immigration if you keep reelecting swamp creatures. Yep. That's why we need to get Kelly Ward uh, elected and uh, help change it. I got you. I got you. Listen, man, again, 10 years on the line. It's on Amazon, other sites as well. Uh, Mike Legan, thank you so much, man. I know you've been listening, and we'll be in touch, okay? All right, Garrett. Have a great day. You too. Take care. 733 will continue. Uh, you can react to this if you'd like, 880-KNST, 880-5678. Then we got to get to the California, another California town. Another California town says, we're done with this. We're suing our state. We're joining Trump. Wait till you hear what happened at that meeting in Escondido, California. It's coming up on KNST. Here's Fox.